And we're back. Kelsey Lachlan and Brady Stiff. Back in the middle of February, where it's kind of a dead spot in the sports calendar, Kelsey. Um, not really anything going on. There's there's a few things to talk about, some newsworthy items that came down over the last week, but football's over. You know, we've talked about how the, the NBA is approaching the dog days and uh, just coming out of the all-star break, and the Bulls have yet to get back to action. I believe they... They get back to action on Thursday. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday. Did you get the significance of Tuesday, Tuesday. today? Tuesday. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell an embarrassing story. Okay. I was writing the date down in my notebook while on a meeting with a client at work, and I said, "Oh, isn't that cool?" And I actually kind of like squealed, <laughs> like I was so I thought it was so neat. Yeah. And then I kind of to try to cover it i was like i'll bet there's some sort of great marketing sale out there that i missed or something yeah well and i didn't even realize it was going to be tuesday until today really um and 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 texted the group happy tuesday in what i can only <laughs> assume is a very sarcastic manner because we were yeah lamenting the nasty weather when oh, she did it yeah um and so did then you get woken up at 5 30 this morning by the way by hail so that's a fun story. Okay. Um, I woke up at six. Okay. And I was getting dressed and I heard a little bit of rain. We have sound machines in our mm -hmm. rooms. So we have one for the boys and we have one for ourselves. And um, it wasn't until I walked out of my room that I realized it was raining um, lightly. And I was like, oh. And then I looked out my front window and said, oh, there's a guest spot. I'm going to move Kevin's car to get it out there so that I can get my car out because yeah. we're in a townhouse. It's hard to jockey the cars. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Almost as soon as I thought that, literally lightning, forked, oh. thunder, huge, and the, the skies opened up. So, and, and this is at 6 o'clock? And I was like, at 6 o'clock. I was, okay, so I got woken up. I remember looking at the clock at 5.30, having been woken up by hail pelting the roof and the window. But I was not awoken by this huge clap of thunder. Now, you're a little bit further north than I am, so perhaps, you know, it was a little bit more amplified by you we than by me. We seem to be getting a lot that Meadows didn't get okay. when I took the kids. So okay. I think there was some serious business happening up here. In yeah. The okay, that, that makes a little and, more sense um, then. I was a little annoyed because I was literally had the thought and i was like i was penalized for that thought <laughs> immediate this is like almost like it's a karma. sign from like, above oh, you want to go yeah. outside <laughs> bitch look at this like right. okay i'll show you what i game. can do yeah exactly right <laughs> uh, so yes um i was actually very it did lighten up ultimately i was able to move the car and um the the hail was so there like we still have hail balls on yeah. the ground. Yeah, it was almost paintball sized hail by uh by work. Yeah. I, I noticed it on the ground. I was like, oh, oh, that's hail. Well, I feel like typically when we see hail, it's it's like gone. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't feel like it sticks around. I mean, this legit looked like salt. Yes. Like it looked like the you know, Road like salt. the salt yeah. trucks had come by, only it was everywhere. And we still have some in our front yard. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, that's where the sun doesn't hit throughout the day. Right. There's and you just like a little crescent. Yeah. And, and you start to understand. I don't think we get this a lot in, in our area here, but in other parts of the Midwest where they talk about like baseball size hail. Can you, you even fathom it? No, you start to understand what sort of damage that can do. Mm -hmm. I know. I think we've seen I've seen some slightly larger hail, but 
every time I see it, I'm like, damn. And also, I think, you know, there's a reason that I live where I live. Mm-hmm. I I am terrified of hurricanes. <laughs> you could not get me to live in a tornado area or an earthquake area. If like, I mean, we're we're kind of top of the the tornado area. Yeah, but like we've had a few... natural disaster wise, we are actually in a fairly safe place. True, true. The, the last couple summers, we've had a couple close calls with tornadoes. Um, one came through like the Naperville area last summer. I think even as close as Itasca. Maybe last summer there was a very yeah, small tornado. Right. Uh, sirens yeah. were going off nonstop that afternoon, I remember. Um, but, yeah, you're right. We really don't get hit with, um, you know, severe, severe weather other than a severe thunderstorm. Yeah. Um, also, middle of February, not a time you'd expect thunder and lightning and hail. <laughs> Normally, okay with that, I this think. is this is I a time like where we're right talking about third winter and we have another foot of snow on the ground. So um, you I get bite your tongue. <laughs> I know I, that's what I'm saying. You is, shut your mouth when you're talking <laughs> to me. I think I'm OK with a little bit of hail waking me up at 530 in the morning rather than another foot of snow uh-huh. on the ground. I was downright chipper by the time I got home. And I think it was because it was like warm enough. Like I had on my raincoat and not my winter coat. I yeah. was like, yes, we're losing layers. It's, it's been a little warmer uh, of yeah. late. And uh, most, if not all, the snow is is off the ground. Um, normally, uh, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, the snow melting for that first softball tournament. Ah, okay. Why are you not worried about it this year? Well, I'm not playing in the first softball tournament, but 90% sure I'm going to join a team, and uh, I'll be playing that second weekend. Last year, for that second weekend, uh, which is um, like the 20th, right around your birthday that weekend. um, Gross. Why are you playing softball in March? It's a great question. Um, I've always wondered that about the Illinois softball schedule. Um, There's no reason we should be. But no. we do. Um, and I, you know, it's it's always kind of fun to get out and play. But then you realize quickly that, hey, it's fucking cold outside. And yeah. there was uh, the last couple of years, there's been um, like uh, slush snow and outs. ice on the field. Yeah. Not, not so much slow, snow outs because we're going to play. Um, sure, but sure. I mean, it's cold. Bats break. Mm-hmm. You got to send the bat back or buy a new bat. It gets expensive. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some issues there, but that's, that's I feel neither like here nor I would rather be camping in and cold I think that weather says a lot. Yes. Like, I, I don't know why you would ever want to play sports in that kind of weather. The only thing I could think of being outside and being tolerable is when you have like a tent and a fire. Yeah. But what about you know sleeping? What, I mean? what, what about sleeping outside? Or is this, yeah. is this when you bring a, a, a camper and you know, you have some heat? Generated. I don't know that I've ever actually camped in a camper. Um, is that cheating? I I don't believe so. I mean, a true a true camper would say yes. Um, sure. But I have no problem with it because that's the only way I can get a lot of people in my life to be on board with camping. Um, <clears throat> Kevin. Um, <laughs> but we, I mean, we rent because we have the the kids. We've been renting the last couple of years um, a place in Palatine. Mm-hmm. Um, little cabin-y type thing, that, which is uh, absolutely cheating. Camp Reinberg, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So if you're talking like a true camping, like it is not that. Um, and I have justified it with the, you know, I have small children thing. Yeah. Like realistically, it's as much about my husband as it is about my kids. Um, but like, yeah, I I can't think of why you would want to spend time 
outside playing a sport. Like, if you want to get drunk around a fire... We can do that in anybody's backyard. True, but, like, I'd still rather camp than play sports. Okay. I'm just in the camp of camp. See, sure. See what I did there? I'm in the camp camp. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's generally concern about snow melting in time for softball season, which, um, uh-huh. you know, we still may get some, but who, who knows? Um, really, the only sports stuff, um, Kelsey, that's that's gone on over the past week, a couple of major, um, you know, newsworthy items, um, one of particular interest to us since we are horse racing fans. Uh, and then oh, the and other this is horse racing season in my mind. Right? Oh, because yeah. This is Derby the, right, Trail season. Up. Yep. Yeah, this is lead up to Derby. There is, There's starting to be this some. This is very much like track season. Yes. Even though, of course, it's yeah. a while till then. But yeah, that's my that's where my mind goes this time of year. Yep. There's starting to be some more serious Derby preps. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, it was nice out the other day, and I drove past the track, and I like burst into tears. <laughs> so that's always good. good I know. Every, that I, hasn't I, left. Every time I drive by there, because um, the the route I take to the office is goes you know on fifty three right past yeah um, the backstretch and the training track, and um, oh. you know that, that first day in April, which was usually two to three weeks before opening day, mm-hmm. that first morning when I saw horses on the training track, I got a little too excited. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And I seriously, I actually just started crying the other day and I was like, oh, my God, is this ever going to end? Yeah. Um, I think the answer is no. But yeah. yes, you texted me. Was it yesterday? Uh, I believe with, it was yesterday when I found out the news. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, with uh, with quote unquote exciting news or at the very least shocking news, which is. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not really exciting, but um, the major news is that uh, Medina negative Spirit... Negative kind of excitement. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, news we'd been waiting for, I guess you could say. Uh, Medina Spirit, the unofficial winner of the 2021 Kentucky Derby, uh, was finally stripped of his title as Kentucky Derby winner, leaving Mandaloon as the uh, official winner of the Kentucky Derby 2021 um you know let's talk about that so medina spirit uh finished the race first and um you know he went on to have a a pretty decent 2021 he was in the breeders cup classic uh was in training in december when after a workout had a heart attack and unfortunately tragically passed away um and Mm -hmm. so you know he's obviously no longer with us Um, you know, not sure he would have, well, he was in training, so I'm assuming he would have raced in 2022, but, you know, as an older horse, but, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that goes with being a Kentucky Derby winner went out the window when he had a heart attack and died. Correct. Right. He's not going to get money for breeding. He's not going to, you know, be this legendary horse because he's just no longer here. And the unfortunate reality about horse racing is out of sight, out of mind. Right. Um, for the casual sports fan, nobody's going to remember. Well, they, they might because of the controversy, but nobody's going to remember who won the 2021 Kentucky Derby, right? It's going to be a trivia question 10 years from now. Who was the official winner of Derby 2021? Mm-hmm. It's Mandaloon, right? But nobody's going to remember Mandaloon. I, I meant to look up what Mandaloon has done since the Kentucky Derby, and uh, I, I suppose I could real quick, but... Um, I find this news to be relieving is not the right word, but I just want this, the industry to move on. If you know what I mean? Ah, 
okay, like, let's not draw this out any more than we already have. Let's just cut it. We're done. Right. And you're ready to move on. Yeah. Get his his owners that. are his owners are um, ready to appeal. And Bob Baffert's been suspended again. Um, so, the, I mean, the, you know, high profile race, high profile trainer <sighs> in more controversy. We just need to move on. From I thought everything it was interesting, and, though, the the. Yeah, the fine that he's paying specifically and granted, of course, the purse money is the big deal. Sure. But the fine that he's paying is only seventy seventy five hundred dollars. And Baffert? I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket I for him. I was surprised by that. Like, very surprised by that. Um, so that was, I don't know. I found that to be kind of more, the most interesting little tidbit of that, which was actually the most interesting tidbit that I found, of course, came during a discussion with my husband. Because in that race, he had the second, third, and fourth place finishers (laughs) right in a trifecta yeah and even though uh the winner is now no longer the winner and they've officially made mandaloon the winner they're not changing bets because they just physically can't so so right they've already paid out mm -hmm. the the winnings people the tickets are gone right there's no record of who bet on what even if you Mm -hmm. held on to your mandaloon win ticket you're not getting paid on it sorry Mm -hmm. sorry about it that's not how paramutual wagering works unfortunately Mm -hmm. Uh, Mandaloon has done pretty damn well since the Kentucky well, Derby. Mandaloon had won the Haskell, right? He won the Haskell. That was the correct. other. That was yep. the other big one. Yep, I he remember. won the Haskell. He won the Pegasus, uh, which was at Monmouth Park, and then won the Haskell at Monmouth Park, and then just about a month ago, actually exactly a month ago, he won the Grade Three Louisiana at the fairgrounds. So he is uh, in training and is looking to uh, a month from now race in the group one Saudi cup in Dubai. So he's still very much in training and still very much a major player. Shame on me for not, uh, not remembering that or realizing that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's not like Mandaloon is, um, remember maximum security, how he, you know, was disqualified in that racing, um, uh-huh. you know, racing movie. That's, you know, that, that happens. That's racing. It, it was just the first time that that had happened in the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. And obviously that disqualification has major implications, um, Country House, I don't think really went on to do anything great, even though he's the official winner of that derby. Maximum Security, however, went on to race in many big races. And every time he raced, I couldn't help but be reminded of the Kentucky Derby disqualification. Now, interesting. that said, again, that sort of thing happens in racing all the time. It was it was a racing accident's the wrong word, but, you know, it, it's like in basketball. You get a foul called on you. It happens. Right. Drug yeah. testing, positive yeah. te- a positive test for a banned substance would have lived on with Medina spirit forever. Not the horse himself, because obviously he didn't inject himself with beta methadone. But the stigma would have been there. Right. Yeah. Every, every time Medina spirit would have gone back to the races, you're reminded of the Kentucky Derby controversy. That's why I think it, it's, it's best that the industry just move on, focus on Derby 2022. Hopefully there's no controversy. Brad Cox is a fantastic trainer. Obviously, I was going to say with Mandaloon was his, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I'll, I'll be kind of pulling for Brad Cox to actually win the Kentucky Derby this year because while he's you know technically a Kentucky Derby winning trainer, didn't his, get his, it. his horse finished didn't second. Didn't get any right, of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, that's 
to be stripped of that honor yeah. when I mean not stripped of it because but to, given, to have that kind to of to be given it retroactively you don't get to yeah. party in the infield in the winter yeah. circle have your the roses around your horse the trophy Correct. presentation you know the, everything that goes with winning the Kentucky Derby he uh-huh. didn't get that yeah I agree so we'll we'll be interested to see we'll keep everybody up to date on uh derby prep um I had floated the idea of throwing a derby party this year oh Kevin told me to bite my tongue because <laughs> how'd that go over? Because he, because he wants be to be at the track yeah. and he was very disappointed. And I said, yeah, but then what are we going to do? So there may or may not be a million party instead. I'm thinking probably it also coincides if memory serves with uh, Matt Walsh's birthday. Ah, so okay. I feel like that's a double, a double whammy. I feel uh, like we should, been, um, what we should do that day is just turn on TVG and just throw a dollar per race into the pot and somebody pick the winner of and we'll just random race. It doesn't even have to be a stakes race. <laughs> that could be kind of fun, actually. And then yeah. Kevin and I will have our well, apps I wanna on our wear phone a, open. I want to wear a fascinator, though. <laughs> like, I want to I want to do a fancy party because honestly, Million, I mean, I, I got dressed up my last couple of years there. Sure. And that was really it was fun. It was a good part of it. I remember distinctly looking for dresses that were a little fancy but you're one of those pockets you're one of those stereotypical city folk who come in on a random saturday all dressed up aren't you no i was one of those people who worked my ass off to get logistics (laughs) ready for the fucking million and was in the background of 17 million tv shots and needed to look appropriate sir (laughs) i I just laughed at the people who came in from the city on a random saturday in the middle of june all dressed up in their Kentucky Derby best. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You're at Arlington. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> There's nothing going no. on here today. I do remember looking specifically for a dress that had pockets. That was a big deal. Functional functionality, a yeah. Ton of stuff. And I was seven, maybe eight, seven months pregnant with Ben. Yeah. During one of my derbies, my last derby, actually. Derby or million? Um, or million. I was, was going to say it would have been million. Yeah. My last million, I was I was pretty pregnant with Ben, so there was. A need to be able to carry like water and <laughs> yeah <laughs> things that were maybe more important that year than other years. Yeah. So Medina but. Spirit uh, disqualified from Kentucky Derby 2021. Mandaloon is your winner. His name has been plastered to the paddock at Churchill Downs, so it's officially official. Uh, Baffert or the uh, the owners of of Medina Spirit are going to appeal, but I have a feeling that they're not going to win anything, and I think it's best that they just accept it and move on. They're rich enough, I'm sure. Um, the other major sports news that that came about uh, this weekend, uh, you know, outside of NBA All Star Weekend, which we'll touch on in a little bit, but uh, I sent you this YouTube video, Kelsey, just about an hour before uh, we got on the air here. Um, <clears throat> Michigan and Wisconsin basketball now. Uh, the Big Ten is notorious for um, just bruising basketball battles. and um, But this, this what happened here, uh, I'll explain it. Um, you know, sort of, we've talked about the unwritten rules of sports before, and, and specifically baseball. But, um, you know, there's, I guess there's some unwritten rules of basketball. Um, so what happened was uh, Wisconsin was winning the game handily, and they had their backups in, some of the walk-on players. You know, they're... Um, my old radio partner, Tim Doyle, uh, whose dad played in the NBA, um, he's, he called his dad a 30-30-30 guy in the NBA. He only played for 30 seconds if they were up by 30 or down by 30. 
<laughs> I was like, that's pretty good. Um, so anyways, some some walk-on guys were in the game and just to you know run out the clock. And um, Michigan still had a couple of starters in the game. Okay. Which, you know, at that point, once, you know, both teams send in their subs with a minute and a half to go, it's unreachable. You just kind of play out the string. But Michigan still had a couple starters in the game for some reason and employing a full-court press against Wisconsin's uh-huh. walk-ons. So... You know, is Juwan Howard, the head coach of Michigan, is he violating an unwritten rule of basketball? I don't know. I'm not a basketball coach. So, um, you know, I, I know what normally happens in that situation. I don't, I don't know if that's a true unwritten rule. But anyways, um, so Wisconsin's having a, a little bit of trouble getting the ball across half court within the allotted time, 10 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. So Greg Gard, the head coach of Wisconsin, calls timeout. And Juwan Howard doesn't appreciate the timeout. Because he's like, dude, you're up by 20. There's a minute to play. Let's just play. And yeah. doesn't appreciate delaying the inevitable, right? Uh, and this is at Wisconsin, by the way. So um, unfamiliar and unfriendly territory for Michigan and Jawan Howard. Unfriendly confines. Yes, the unfriendly confines of the Cole Center. The Cole Center is a terrible place to play for opposing teams. Um, okay. Namely, my Indiana Hoosiers. Anyways, um, so <laughs> Jawan Howard doesn't appreciate the timeout. Uh, one of the rules, I guess, uh, and this is a little bit different. Actually, no, it's the same from, uh, uh, college to high school is, you know, you get 10 seconds to get the ball across half court. They were down to like having four seconds left to get the ball across half court. And I guess we're nowhere near getting it across the timeline. So the coach calls timeout to reset the 10 second clock Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or the 10 second count. I should say, um, Juwan Howard doesn't appreciate that going through the handshake line, Juwan Howard as you can hear in that video, says to Greg Gard, I'm going to remember that shit. And Greg, like, puts his hand... uh, Now, Juwan is tall, and Greg's really not, so Greg has to, like, stop him by kind of, like, gently putting his hand on his torso to, like, stop, let me explain. At least that's what he said he was trying to do. Um, That's cute, because he's so short. (laughs) um, Like, ooh, here's your tummy. Right. Hold on. And then I'm done now. It's okay. Uh, Jawan was like having none of it and it got Uh heated. And then um, Jawan Howard actually took a a swing and that was an open hand swing at a Wisconsin assistant and made contact. Um, And then all hell broke loose. Players started swinging. Um, Just an ugly scene that could have been a lot worse. Yikes. Yeah, could have been a lot worse, but um, that's a national TV game. In a major conference with historically good basketball programs. Yes, this was (laughs) all over the sporting news. Not that it wouldn't have been because, you know, this sort of thing doesn't happen often. And it sparked a lot of debate about the handshake line and and should we still have a handshake line? Um, But uh, what was your initial reaction, Kelsey, when you saw that video for the first time about an hour ago? just didn't really know what was going on. I I shared with you before we started here that I started watching it and then my phone, which was (laughs) literally being held in front of my face, uh, my kid took and threw it at my head. Um, And so that'll pretty much take the edge off of any (laughs) desire to watch that. It'll give you huge desire to hit your kid, which you then have to (laughs) reel in. But um, yeah, having not really known the context, I, I didn't have any skin in the game. But it was aggressive. I yeah. mean, it was like, I was surprised. And I, I assumed, frankly, before you explained that, 
that there was a really cheap foul that there was something really but they were two coaches so it didn't really seem like that would be a pro but the the kind of fervor was sort of it was there and mm -hmm. i i yeah. expected that it was going to be more about something like important i don't want to be rude when i say that but um so you're saying it's hearing, petty a little bit yeah i i, I don't know i mean it, yeah unwritten rules i i mm. right it's it's is we, it we, worth we, a we, fist fight no, like, no. of course not <laughs> like, of course not so yeah hearing your context now i'm kind of like really yeah <laughs> so what i what i think you can have some insight in as a as a former you know athlete and you've you know uh, soccer and softball and, um, you know, in, in youth sports, you always did the handshake line. Correct. So there's always. been a lot of debate about the handshake line and do we still need it? Now, if you look at the pros, they don't do it at all. The only time they go through a handshake line, like a formal handshake line, is at the end of a hockey series. That's the only time. Interesting. Right. Now, yeah. in, in, in football, you know, the teams come together at midfield. The quarterback generally greets the other quarterback, and then he runs off the field. Same with the head coach. You don't go yes. through a line. Correct. Right? That's Up what I was thinking of. I kind of forgot about hockey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only, the only college sports, I think, at least that I watch, that goes through a handshake line is basketball. In football, they do they kind of mirror what the NFL does, right? You you go and yeah. you, you know, shake the hand of your counterpart, and that's it. Um, or maybe I, I forget if they do a handshake line in football, but I, I don't think they do. Um, so you know, really, once you start getting up into that you know elite level of of college athletics, handshake line's kind of not a thing, you know. I'm um, curious, what do you think about that? I've I've had uh, I've had thoughts um, about the handshake line for a while. Um, okay. Once Share once them, you please. get out of once you get out of high school, I think we can do away with the handshake line. Fair. Um, okay. It just like you've outgrown it. Like yeah, I don't need it. Right. Um, uh, now I I I say this is, is in sitting in a little bit of a glass house because I you know had some issues <laughs> in the handshake line before, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's amazing. It's it's in my opinion and, and even without, you know, personal issues, um, you know, I think it's best to just, you know, if you want to go greet somebody after the game uh, that, you know, like th it happens all the time in tournament softball where, you know, if a team beats us or if we beat another team, odds are we know some of the guys on, another, on that other team. We want to say hello. Hey, great game. Good to see you. You know, it's all okay, a little yeah. bit of a fraternity. Right. Um, you know, sometimes that's not the case and, and things ensue, but, um, you know, we're adults. I don't think we need to be in a line shaking hands with the other team. You saying, don't Good need game. to be told to do this. Correct. Correct. If you want to go find somebody. That's one thing. And my, but you is, don't need to be compelled correct. to do something. And this I is just that. me and my competitive spirit and sometimes way too much, but I'm in, if I get my ass kicked in a game, I am in no mood. To tell the other team, hey, great job. You just kicked our ass. Great job. No, I don't want to mm -hmm. do that. It's mm -hmm. going to make me even more mad than I already am. No, thanks. So this is interesting to me because we're currently trying to teach sportsmanship, so to speak, um, using the game of trouble. Okay. Ben is four and a half. Uh, he received the board game trouble for Christmas. 
he is better at it than I expected. Um, <laughs> and I, I also, um, I think I'm really only, uh, how do I say this? Competitive, um, primarily against Kevin because he's a shitty winner. Um, I call him a sore winner. Um, but here I'm just going to call it what it is. Um, he is somebody who specifically with me rubs things in my face. Um, at, it started with Scrabble because no one ever thought he would be better than me at word games, but it turns out he's much better than I am at word games. Um, and it's just gotten worse and worse from there. So I don't otherwise get competitive. And so for me, just playing this game with Ben is really great, but Kevin wants to really instill these sportsmanship values, which is really well, important. Sure. Because I, I agree with that. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I kind of like Ben was really upset that he lost the other day. And I said, you know, Kevin, I think it, isn't it okay to be upset when you you know lose at something? And he was like, yeah, not this, not a, not, not a board <laughs> game, not this. It's we need to teach what, what you can be upset about and what you can't be. But it's interesting to me because we, we require at this at four and a half Ben to, to say good game or to say, you know, thank you for playing or whatever that is. And in the same way, if we lose, we say the same thing. You know, sure. Oh, that was a good game. Thanks for playing. But I, I definitely agree with you that that's a teaching moment. Yeah. And in hockey, perhaps a tradition. That Very is, much so a tradition. Yeah. Right. But that is like a like a well-received tradition. 100 percent. Yes. And I don't necessarily know if it is for others, but like hockey is so built on traditions. Yeah. And I think it's a different sport from many others kind of period. Like it's it's very different. Mm -hmm. And so like I think if you're kind of trying to force something in like a basketball arena that doesn't have that same tradition and feel that like a hockey, I don't know. I've gone way off now. I Yeah. No, I get what it, you're it, saying as an adult, I don't want to be told to Oh, like in the words of Mighty Ducks too. Let's go shake their hands. Right. Yeah. And th there's still kids in that situation, right? Correct. Yeah. Gunnar Stahl, yeah. <laughs> does, Stahl doesn't look like a child, but, you know, he's oh, <laughs> like That's a 13-year-old kid I was trying to remember his damn yeah. name. Thank yeah. you. No, I think once once you get past high school and um, you start playing adult rec sports, there's no need it's for a handshake line. time to give line. up on that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like I said, if you want to go, uh, you know, if you know people on the other team and you want to go, you know, say hi and everything and everything's cool during the game, totally fine but you bring two teams together after a contentious game even in even as dumb as it sounds and it is but even in rec league softball you know you bring two teams together who just played a contentious game it's a recipe for disaster that's fair you know i remember a game where i think i mean maybe i'm a little biased but i thought the other team was being kind of jerky and there was a little bit of hullabaloo afterwards and yeah. i was like Let's just leave. Let's yep, go. Exactly. You, <laughs> so there you go. Like I said, you don't. You just don't need to create situations where bad things can happen. You know. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And so, bringing it back to this uh, Michigan and Wisconsin thing, 
um, Jawan Howard, the head coach of Michigan, was suspended. 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 It's a combination, right? Fined and suspended. Um, I think he was fined like forty-seven thousand dollars. Do I have that number right? I'll have to double check. But and yet, I think Bob that's what Baffert's I saw. only paying seventy-five hundred for doping his horse in the Derby. Are you fucking serious? I'm sorry. That's that's why Continue. that's why horse racing needs a national governing body. Jesus. Um so um I believe the standard suspension from the Big Ten for an incident like this would be two games, but they leave additional discipline up to the school. So hmm. Jawan Howard has been suspended for the rest of the regular season, which happens to be five games. I wonder, and maybe only I'm wondering, was he suspended for the rest of the regular season or was he suspended five games? Uh-huh. That's that's that, I, I want to know that because I, I think I think something like this, which is not the first time that Juwan Howard has created an issue um, on the sideline. Um, I wonder if he was suspended five games and the regular thing if. You're saying if it were like at the beginning of the season, would it have only been five games? Right. Exactly. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, now that we're in mid-February, if the regular season was or had seven games remaining, would he Mm -hmm. have been suspended the the rest of the regular season? Five games is a nice round number um, that makes sense to a lot of people. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. People were talking Mm -hmm. about the rest of the season altogether whatever happens past the regular season for Michigan. And they're a fringe NCAA tournament team, probably looking at NIT. Um, so he would not be able to coach then rest okay. of the regular season, big 10 tournament. And then whatever postseason tournament um, people were talking about firing, which, you know, probably wouldn't have been wow. that far out of bounds, you know, creating an incident like that with a physical altercation on national television. Um, and bit of an embarrassment. there. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but I think the most sensible solution was a, a, sh- a shorter term suspension um, and sufficient fine to hopefully deter future uh, incidents. Hopefully. We'll have to see. I'm curious too, you know, at, at that level, like if you talk about a high school game, a coach of a basketball team is also a teacher. Correct. They, and Not- they always talk about it in some schools will, will mention this, but. I know it's in the scripts, you know, quote unquote, that the basketball floor, the football field or whatever is an extension of the classroom. I think that's a stretch, but you're right. It's still an educational environment. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's something to be said, like if this were a high school coach who were acting like that, there would probably be some repercussion in his job, which would be as a teacher. And sure. then also... You know this, but that's kind of an interesting aspect too. You, yeah. you get that a little bit in college, more than you or different than you would get it in high school, and also different from you know professionals. So sidebar, um, the, sidebar. the I, I find I find this incredibly weird. But so uh, Juwan Howard's official job title is head coach, men's head basketball coach. His, sure, his job title is sponsored by like some donor family or something like that. I find that incredibly weird. <sighs> I just can't. I just can't even. Like, money talks, I guess, right? Well, yes, yes, and the mm, yeah. I'm just not yeah. gonna say a whole lot more. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say one thing, which sure. is when the Zenny logo first appeared on the Bulls jersey. Oh yeah. I asked who was Zenny because I assumed he was someone who died. 
someone, I assumed it was a person who was affiliated with the Bulls who died. At the time, the logo was black, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought, because it blew my mind that they were allowing sponsorships on the jerseys. That's been and, a couple of years now, right? Oh, yeah. This was five, six years ago. Oh, okay. Probably. Yeah. Um, but when they did first appear, I was like, oh, Kevin, who died? Right. And he was like, huh? And I was like, who, who is that? Who's Denny? He goes, I don't know. I never heard of him. Like we both were. And, and so I just, I get kind of annoyed when I, sure, you know, yeah. see shit like that. Well, but. speaking of the Bulls, Kelsey, um, several Chicago Bulls represented during All-Star Weekend. Io um, DeSumo in the Futures game. Um, let's see. Uh, Zach Levine, which I, I guess I didn't even realize. Maybe I had totally missed it, but I didn't realize Zach Levine was healthy enough to play in that game. Um, yes. and, uh, and DeMar DeRozan, uh, on the floor as well for, uh, I think DeMar was on team LeBron and then Zach was on team Durant. Right. Um, so I don't know how much you guys watched of all-star weekend. Uh, I know Saturday night we were out, uh, and it was on in the background. We saw like the end of the three point competition and the dunk contest, which was very underwhelming. Um, and then Sunday night I, I had the game on in the background, just kind of, curious about uh about everything i know it's um much lamented the the nba all-star game so how, how much did you guys watch we watched zero of the game um because we don't watch the game yeah we you're, have not, you're not alone I, I don't know if we ever have uh, like i mean way back maybe but um not ever a ton and yeah. then we used to watch really get excited about you know the saturday night stuff yeah um you know this year was kind of on the background we were watching it i was confused by bonus balls and extra rules (laughs) and everything looked very like i got overwhelmed looking at the screen it looked very cluttered it looked very like and i don't know if they were just adding in sponsorships or if it's still like there's you know covid stuff to consider because the crowd seemed kind of lackluster sure. uh, so I don't know if it was smaller than normal or like what was going on but it just it just didn't have the feel of a normal kind of thing and then Levine was um in the three-point contest as you said and yep. he got eliminated in the first round he just played like crap so yeah. I was like meh you know we were really excited about that and then he just it, it, well, I think it's his third time that he's been in it and he's just well he's been in the dunk contest before too right ah uh, I yeah, think he, he has. May, yeah, I think he won he it once been. or twice. Um, so you know he's no stranger to the Saturday night stuff. Uh, and then a yeah. poor guy defends LeBron on the game-winning shot. <laughs> just not even. I you mean. know, you know what but they yeah, did though, just... uh, which I I think eventually will make its way to some level of basketball. Have you heard of this Elam ending thing? No. So it's um it was contrived by a guy named Elam. Um, but first used in um, this really cool tournament. Are you sure it wasn't a guy named Zenny? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, maybe, go maybe. Um, so it was first used, at least to my knowledge, in this really cool tournament um, called the Basketball Tournament, uh, where like um, alumni <laughs> Very groups. Very creative title. Right, exactly. Um, alumni groups of certain schools will put together a team. It's basically like an elite men's league basketball tournament. So what the Elam ending is, um, cool. instead of playing out the last, I think it's the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, once you hit the four-minute mark, you set a target score. And there's some mathematical formula. So oh. if, if, if I'm up by eight 
Uh-huh. Right. Maybe if I'm up 108 to 100, the target okay. score might be 113. For either team? For Yeah, for either team. That's the winning score is 113. Oh. And you don't have to get it exact, right? You can go to 114. Um, so that there's no bust like in cricket, okay. <laughs> right? Or blackjack, right? Um, yeah. There's uh, so that uh, uh, discourages end of game fouling and free throws and fouling and free throws and fouling and free throws because you're still trying to play defense and get stops so that you can surpass that that team that has clearly the advantage. So it's a really cool way to end basketball games, and that's sort of what they did. I well, I think it is what they did in in the NBA All Star game. So you know, I think it it. Um, you know, while it uh, takes away some aspects of basketball, I, I think it really uh, preserves the integrity of the game in the mm-hmm. end and really gives that trailing team, you know, it incentive. May, incentive and may not be a legitimate shot to win the game. But, hey, you got a shot, right? You don't have to foul to stop the clock and, and put the other team at the free throw line. I'm thinking of work right now because um, target count is a main metric that's used in my job. And I'm like, oh, we could put that up on a scoreboard and it would look like (laughs) that, (laughs) which is sad and pathetic. But um, yeah, one thing I've always just, I think, disliked about the game of basketball in general is it is so easy to score points that oftentimes... um, a lot of the game doesn't matter until the very end. Um, And, you know, Kevin's argument, I think, and a lot of basketball fans is that that's, that makes it exciting because it means there's typically like a fairly close end of game. If you have fairly evenly matched teams, whereas if you're talking, you know, football or baseball or something where it is harder to get points on the board runs, whatever you're talking um, that it, it can mean someone got lucky um, yeah. or, and, and not necessarily that they played great, but that they, you know, had some luck on their side. Um, and so maybe it's because I'm not as big of a, a true sports fan that I just don't find it as interesting when I'm like, okay. Well, well and the other complaint about basketball, you know, in a close game towards the end is that the last two minutes takes an hour because you got timeouts, you got the fouls, you got the mm-hmm. commercials, you know, you got everything that goes along with it, and you're not wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 a drag. Um, but to Kevin's point, um, you know, take last night, for example, Indiana played at Ohio State, and it was a close game until the last maybe quarter of the game. I know they, they don't play quarters in, in men's college basketball. They do sure. in women's, but um, the last <laughs> quarter of the game, I don't understand why the men's and women's NCAA rule books are so different. Another story for another day that you don't care about. Um, but <laughs> um, had Indiana made free throws earlier on in the game, it would have been a lot closer towards the end. And True. so, you know, yeah. you talk about, you know, the early part of the game and it really not mattering, but it does because, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying that April and May baseball games don't matter, assuming they happen this year. Um, April and May <laughs> baseball games don't matter in August and September, but they're still part of the record. And it they still counts matter. the same, right? Yeah. That the last game yeah. of the season counts as much in the standings as the first game of the season. So the more yeah. games you win in April and May are is less games you have to win in August and September. Yeah, that's fair. It just doesn't feel that way. No, I, I you're hundred percent right. Like and I just, yeah. I'm just like me. You, you watch, you watch the first three quarters of a basketball game to get to the fourth quarter. 
Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> unless you don't have one because you're in men's college. Right. Exactly. Unlike women's college. Exactly. It's well, it's like the last five minutes of a college men's college basketball game. Right. How do you have you ever watched like actually watched soccer, professional soccer? Is ever? Um, not professional soccer. No. Um, okay. Uh, if it's the Olympics or the World Cup, I'll turn it on. But um, yeah, not really professional um, soccer. Per you know, se. I appreciate the running clock in soccer. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that that's something that I have to say. I uh, it's just it's just going, you don't just you're not stopping every five seconds because that's every game that we talk about being something where we're like everyone's losing interest. I yeah. mean, it's because baseball's too slow. It's because the last couple minutes of basketball lasts forever. It's because of this. It's, it's always that they're interrupted. There's no momentum in those games. And that that's frustrating. So I definitely appreciate from that perspective, um, you know, the running clock in soccer. Yeah, um, except when you get to the end and they, they put five minutes of stoppage time and then all of a sudden there's five minutes and 40 seconds of stoppage time. You're like, wait a minute, you told me it was five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't subjective. always understand it. <laughs> right. I'll admit that. <laughs> but I can appreciate just that it's going. Yeah. You know, that, that it's and that's, you know, the athleticism for that, I think, is incredible right it looks like if you want to argue a call hey your clock's moving let's go <laughs> yeah i mean that like think of how nice it would be if basketball they didn't fall and then argue every time you know what i mean just think so, of the flops and and that shit that could yeah. be eliminated easily one of the reasons that i um will occasionally take some uh kids basketball is mm. if it's a running clock situation mm. especially when um, you know, sometimes during the summer, I'll take some some games that are kids, you know, travel or AAU games or whatever it is. Um, and I don't know what I have until I get there. I could have a, a high school boys game followed by a fifth grade girls game. You know, it's just kind of okay. random. Yeah. Um, Potpourri. Yes. Yes. In those games, it's a running clock situation. And Kelsey, when you have a fifth grade girls basketball game in a stop clock situation, you're never getting out of there because the oh, ball's going to be going out of bounds. You're going to have jump balls. You know, you're, you're going to call the one out of three traveling violations that just happened. So the running clock is soccer much appreciated. To, I feel like soccer when we were kids used to be the same where they would stop the clock every time it goes out of bounds. Yeah. You're like, are you kidding me? Right, right. Like, no. And that's, you know, it's it's out in the parking lot. Somebody's running yeah. like half a field away to try to get that because there's no friction on that parking lot. That's right. just going. Yeah. So, yeah, I running clock's a big deal. But. Yeah. Uh, so um, quick, you mentioned uh, go baseball. I, yeah, I was going to say quick update on baseball. Um, mm -hmm. This week, the players and the league are meeting every day to try to get a deal done because the 28th, which I believe is Monday, is the deadline to keep opening day intact mm -hmm. as far as the regularly scheduled opening day. Now it's starting to get real, right? Negotiations before this week, you know, it's been, okay, okay, let's meet. Let's send a proposal. Let's send a well, counter. Well, how long have we been talking about this? Oh, it was so December was, when yeah, we first brought this it's, up. It's yeah. been like 90 days or call it three months now that the lockout's been um, enacted and um, still don't have a deal. Now they're, I think from what I read today, making small progress and, you know, hopefully cooler heads prevail and we do have a season that starts on time. It's real now because the threat of missing out on money is oh, yeah. real. Yep. Paychecks for the players, gate money for the owners. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to stand to lose money if games are missed. And <laughs> people don't like that. I don't care what your profession is. 
you know, uh, you don't like to lose out on money. So that's why a lot of people are optimistic that a uh, a game or a, a deal gets done to save opening day and, and have a full 162 game season. And, you know, we could go on and on about the ramifications of, you know, losing baseball games and, and where the fan base is and, and, it, and et cetera. But uh, I think we've done that already. And, um, you know, hopefully a deal gets done. Hopefully by this time next week uh, when we record, uh, we'll have a deal to talk about and uh, games to look forward to whatever opening day is. We'll call it April 1st. Um, so with that, uh, I did want to mention, too, that um, our good buddy Brian Beto is going to join us next week. Uh, I tried to get him for tonight, but he was uh, unable to tonight. But uh, we'll talk some Bulls with Beto uh, coming up next week. He uh, well, We'll have the Bulls back in action by then, probably two or three games under their belt. Uh, in the second half of the season by the time we talk to Brian. So looking forward to that next week. Um, Kelsey, it is time for some history. History, history. Today is February 22nd, 2022. But on February 22nd, 1980. Do you believe in miracles? This happened. Yes, I knew it was too easy for you. I, I already saw it today, so. Yeah. Of course you did. Of course you did. Yes. The Miracle on Ice, which I, until I saw the movie Miracle, yep. um, I was not super aware of, I'll admit, and also didn't realize even having known about it just sort of generally that um, the beating the Soviets was not actually the gold medal game. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a it's surprise final. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was not actually when the team won the gold this was in fact the game before that so i just wanted to and was it finland or sweden that they had to beat in the gold medal game i think it was finland finland 4-2 finland just won the the gold this year too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, we haven't talked any olympics but that's fine yeah doesn't doesn't uh doesn't register with me yeah we tried a little bit and we kind of failed sorry uh listeners i hope you weren't too interested in well that. judging by the ratings on nbc they're not so <laughs> oh my god yeah. yeah all right let's not let's not go down that hole um the next uh day which is uh february 23rd and the year is 1945 uh this is a war i was gonna say gotta oriented. be world war ii related indeed yes world war ii related is this one um, of the atomic bomb droppings it is not but it but it re- is, is related to uh sort of i mean it's very famous it's a and it's uh not a european happening it was uh japanese happening japanese happening in 1945 mm-hmm. is this um i might be wrong about japan well is this the flag raising at iwo jima perhaps it, it was okay yes. yeah I don't, I, know, I don't know if that's it's japanese not japan. or not. yeah and that's what I was trying to double check on myself. It's 700 miles, not like a long way, southeast of Japan. Okay. Um, so shame on me. Um, I, it was Pacific. Let's say that. Yeah, not the European, Pacific but Pacific. Right, yeah. Yes. It was used as a base for fighter fighter aircraft and as an emergency landing site for bombers. Have you uh, um, Have you been, well, you've not been to D.C., right? We, we've talked correct. about this. So yes. um, at Arlington National Cemetery, if you walk away from... As I remember it now, granted, I was in eighth grade when we went, so I don't have a clear memory of it. But if you walk a ways away from like JFK's grave and the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, they have the Iwo Jima statue, which is pretty cool. Oh, but that is cool. I I know my mom was um, had read um, 
the book that was very big, maybe 20 years ago, about um, the stories of the gentleman who actually raised the flag. And it was, um, she said it was very good. And for me, I always kind of think about the parallels between that and um, the September 11th flag raising. Yeah. I, I feel like I see those photos side by side very frequently. For sure. So yeah. That, Weird coincidences in history. Yeah. Yeah. Just something that kind of sticks with me, even though they're in a lot of ways very unrelated, honestly, but um, just seeing that flag going up. So that was kind of cool. Um, we have another another war, um, not the same war, 1968, and this is for February 24th. So it's got to be Vietnam related. Um, it is. Is this when we entered Vietnam? No, uh, I think you want to say that was earlier in the 60s. Yeah, maybe 66 um, or 67. Yeah, so 68. Um, it's a. It, I don't know a ton about the Vietnam War. I'm going to put that out there. I honestly don't. Hugely unpopular. Um, I understand the very basic concepts of it. Um, but this was something that I have, in fact, heard about, which was the end of the Tet Offensive. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yep, which, um, interestingly enough, I take um, Mitch and Frank out for dinner every Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. And one year, uh, they were telling war stories. And uh, turns out Mitch was part of the Tet Offensive. So wow. There you go. Yeah, one, it was... Um fascinating one potential guest i have in mind for us actually a high school classmate of ours you remember anthony abadi oh yes yeah of course so he's a he's a content creator of his own he does uh he has a youtube channel where he does like outdoorsy kind of things he's a fisherman and a and a hunter um but his dad was a vietnam vet and wrote yes, a I book think i knew that and wrote a book about oh, his experience an amazing read know. an amazing okay. read so uh yeah one, do one day we'll, do you remember the name of the book no, I don't. I read it when okay. I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade, but um, we'll have to have Anthony on one day because I want to talk to him about his, uh, you know, content that he creates. And then, um, you know, his I'm sure he's got stories from his dad he could tell about Vietnam. Sure. Absolutely. Um, this was basically the um, Tet Offensive ended with uh, the U.S. and South Vietnamese troops recapturing the ancient capital of Hue, I think I'm saying that right, from communist forces. So um, it was a, a fairly long uh, offensive. And, you know, for anyone who knows more about the war than I do, which I'm sure is pretty much everybody, um, <laughs> the, it's just a meaningful, even for, like I said, for people who don't know a ton about it, it's a like, oh, I know, oh, I kind of have heard of that, even if you don't know exactly what's going on. So that was an interesting story. And if anyone is looking for an interesting Vietnam novel that's not Anthony Abate's father's, uh, The Things They Carried. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's uh, it's about war. It's written by a veteran, and, and he is also very much someone who I think would have been a writer regardless. So there's a lot of interesting writing techniques it's it's a kind of a war story by somebody who clearly was made to write things yeah um, so a little different from something that might just be more autobiographical it's it's more story interwoven and and it's it's not a nonfiction. i mean he says that right out there it's kind of based on his experiences but it's very much fiction so sure. something kind of interesting for that if anyone's interested and also, since we're talking about veterans who are also writers, um, 
Tolkien wrote the Lord of the Rings trilogy and um, was a World War One veteran. Oh, um, did, I did not yeah. know that. Oh yes, and um, was he American Pitts, or is he no, British? British. Okay. British. Um, the pits um, that are featured in. I don't know if they're, I think they're called the bogs or something um, that have the dead bodies in the bottom of them um, are a, a reference to trench warfare. Oh. So, you know, some of those things just kind of pop up where you least expect them. Um, February 25th, 1940 sports. 1940 sports, probably winter Olympics related. No. No. Okay. Another winter sport. Another winter that. sport. Um, would it be hockey? Correct. Okay. Um, We've oh, zeroed in uh, on a couple of details. Well, it can't be the Blackhawks' first Stanley Cup, can it? It's not. Okay. I don't know if it can be, but it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems really early for a, a Stanley Cup to be awarded. Um, you would know better than I would, but yeah, that's not right. what it is here. <laughs> um, this is the Rangers and the Canadians. Rangers and Canadians. Um Jeez, I don't even know. I know that's a, that's an original six thing, but I don't even know. What is it? Uh, NHL game televised in the oh, U.S. for the okay. first time, which I laugh because you and I have talked about watching hockey on TV. How, how the, in 1940? Thank how, you. They, there was no glow puck in 1940. <laughs> I mean, the, was there even television in I mean, barely, well, right? It must have been, I, yeah. This, so apparently the National Broadcast Company's experimental station used to test TV technology was what they used. So NBC was the first subscribers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. NBC was the first one to uh, uh, broadcast hockey. Interesting. And it was back before they were called NBC. Well, it's a national broadcasting kind of company. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of fun. Like, yeah. Legit. Like all of their stuff says, you know, national. Bro I just thought sure. it was kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe that's just me being silly. Uh, it says, during the first crude telecast, winger Phil Watson registered four points, all assists, and Brian Hextel Sr. scored two goals for the Rangers. So there you go. Good to know. Uh, we have the 26th of February, 1993. Uh, this is uh, U.S., but kind of a world event, I guess. 1993 world event... Or U.S. but world events. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, this is in our lifetimes, clearly. Um, something yeah, to do with OJ. Honestly, what's that? No, it's too early for OJ, isn't it? I think he was ninety-six, wasn't he? Oh, ninety-four. I thought maybe, 94? but ninety-three. Oh god, not a lot sticks out to my memory from nineteen ninety-three. I'll do a gimme on this one. Um, the World Trade Center was bombed. Oh, okay. The Which first I World Trade Center bombing. only yeah. really knew about, right, because of September 11th. Sure. Like, would yeah. probably never have known um, other than that. Wasn't it a lobby bombing? I uh, believe it was actually under the, it was the parking garage. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yes. A uh, terrorist bomb exploded in a parking garage, leaving a massive multi-story crater, causing the collapse of several steel-reinforced concrete floors in the vicinity of the blast wow so six people were killed and more than a thousand were injured um lots of damage but nothing that brought the main structure down of course many years later that would be uh what would happen so found it interesting eight years later think about that it was only eight oh, years wow. later that yeah we're oh, we're, wow. we're that okay. far removed that 
you know, it seems like a lot longer between those two, but it was only eight years. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that horrifying revelation. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It really wouldn't have been that much longer. Wow. Okay. Well, thought that was interesting. Um, there was a manhunt for suspects. Um, there was somebody was actually caught and charged. Um, the mastermind of the attack uh, was arrested in Pakistan in 1995. Okay. Um, and he had apparently been uh, in the plot to kill Pope John Paul II, um, planning a bomb, uh, 15 American airliners in 48 hours. So this this guy was pretty active. Good to know. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm -hmm, indeed. Uh, February 27th, 1827. Jeez. Um, Louisiana. Okay, is this Louisiana Purchase? No. No, of course not. No. Um, Louisiana. It was a little bit after that. Okay. Not much, um, though, I wouldn't think. City of New Orleans established? Close. Oh, uh, the oh, first Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Yeah, there yes. you go. I was gonna say we're getting to that time of year. You never know when Mardi Gras is gonna be because it coincides with Easter, and Easter always changes, right? Yeah, it, it coincides or, with the religious calendar. Right. Yeah, yes. So that's, that, that's what I meant. It's yeah. not a. Yeah, it's not a. Um, a very. It's not like the Thursday, third Thursday of the month for right thanksgiving or anything like that but um but it's a religious holiday that unlike for example christmas to your point it does it moves yeah easter moves so yeah so this was the first time that mardi gras was celebrated in would, new orleans have you, have you been mardi to gras. new orleans oh god One. no no would you want to go during mardi gras absolutely not <laughs> i don't think you could pay me enough money in the world if i asked um, you 15 years ago would your answer be different I have a little bit of, um, so my folks went to Mardi Gras. Okay. Um, they went to, or they went maybe shortly before or after Mardi Gras, but they were in New Orleans with a couple friend of theirs came back and I want to say I was maybe eight. Okay. And they brought us all these cool things. We ate the king's cake. I got the baby in the king's cake. Very exciting. What is what is um, the significance of that? But my mom brought back this mask with feathers on it, right? Like a Mardi Gras mask. The mask? No, the uh, the I baby. I think it's because it's a. Uh, an... Oh, I I don't even remember. <laughs> this is all derivative from um, Carnival and and the King's Day stuff. In I think it's primarily original to France, is my understanding. Um, but also Italy and other places have Carnival. Um, I don't remember. I, I know the significance is if you find the baby, you're supposed to have good luck, and then you buy the king's cake the next year, I think is. So you're like king for a day is what they okay. say. I think specifically in New Orleans. So well, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of French influence because of the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, yeah. We, we bought the territory from the French. So, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Cajun and Korea. I mean, there's a ton of influence there. But um, my mom had bought this mask, and I was like, oh, I love this. And she put it on, and she said, the guy in the store told me I would look better if I were if I were naked while wearing it oh, or something. Okay. And I was horrified. I don't think I was As supposed you to would hear be. that. No, I don't think my, so. <laughs> like, I assumed that that was like a joke made for my, you know, that my mom was telling my father. And I was like, Ugh. and I honestly, like from that day, kind of, I'm like, I don't really need to see New Orleans. Yeah. I just don't think I need to go there. 
Um, and maybe it was the fact that at eight years old, I thought about my mother naked for the first time. That I don't know. Be. Like it was horrifying to me. And I was like, I'm done. Um, <laughs> but I had this wonderful French teacher all through junior high and high school. And we did Mardi Gras every year with her and they're fun. It's, it's just fun, but I would never want to go to new Orleans. It's, it's kind of like if we were to go to little 500 now in our mid thirties, we would not survive. Well, and Derby was bad enough, and we were fairly young. We were 22, 23. Yeah, like, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. And I was like, nope, don't need to do this again. You know, so, yeah, in mid-30s, hell no, I don't want to go there. I might, I've heard the food's fabulous in New Orleans. Yes. I think I, I would go there and just eat my way through the city. I think, like, yeah, I was going to say, I think it'd be a fun city to visit. Maybe mm-hmm. not during Mardi Gras. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think Hurricane Katrina changed the landscape, right, yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, or not forever, but certainly for a long for time. For a while, yeah. And I think it's a very different city than it used to be. So that's interesting on a lot of levels. But um, yeah, Mardi Gras, heck no. I don't need to go anywhere near that. <laughs> uh, but it is coming up, I think. Um, maybe next week? Soon. Look. Yeah, soon. It's coming up soon. Uh, February 28th. 2013 and this is a religious religion is the category religion is the category is this the um uh either the election of the newest pope or the death of the previous pope close um it was not a death it was a resignation oh that's right yeah he decided he didn't want to be pope anymore correct which was shocking because you're not supposed to be able to do that you typically die in the role right (laughs) um he was 85 and he cited advanced age for giving up his post he was the first relinquished power in nearly 600 years two weeks later um our current pope uh who is incredibly important for a lot of different reasons very progressive for the catholic exactly yes yeah. yeah. so he's he was um basically uh i think a sw- sworn in so to speak uh two weeks later well yeah you you get elected and then um yeah it's it's fascinating the the process right and the like you talk about tradition how hockey mm-hmm. and some sports are rooted in tradition i mean this is like the ultimate tradition you know it's oh, yeah. it's um, you know, I you know how I know any of this is uh, angels and angels demons. and demons. Yeah. <laughs> did you read it or did you see it? Both. Yeah. Both. So I read it before I saw it yeah. and I thought it was excellent. Oh, yeah. Dan Brown is a great shit. writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. I was like, oh, that's what they do, huh? <laughs> you know that um, uh, Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons are probably the last two novels that I've read where it's like, I can't put this down. And that was a long time ago. I know it's sad, isn't it? It's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Um, I I read those incredibly fast. Like, yeah. was obsessed with them right. as well. And then I was, I think, about a year and a half ago, maybe like a year ago, I was looking for, um, something to watch, and I realized that he had a new movie. So it was, you know, Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, and then there was another one. And, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And I was somewhat horrified. Did I tell you? Have I told you about this? No. So, and, and I've it's seen. It's about a pandemic. 
know. So I, I've about, seen um, I've seen that movie pop like up on my suggestions. Chem- chemical warf- warfare. Yeah. Um, yes. I've, I've seen that movie pop up on my suggestions. And does it does, is Tom Hanks in it? Yes. And I think it's okay. called Inferno. Yes. Yeah, um, I think I think that's what it's called. Was it good? And I loved it. I thought okay. it was excellent. All it right. was just as it was not maybe not quite as good as the others, but I also hadn't read the book. Okay. I had only, I was only watching the movie and I had read the books on the other two. Um, but like I didn't realize what it was about before I started watching it and basically it's about this it's about like chemical warfare. Someone's releasing a virus to the world to reduce the population. And so it was it was earlier ish on in COVID and I was like oh, <laughs> right, my yeah. life right now it was horrible. <laughs> it was very good, but I was like Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too close to we, home. We didn't quite know what the next two years was going to bring for us, and it felt all too familiar. That the oh, plot yeah, line. yeah, it was it was too familiar, and I know the lost symbol, which was one. That, okay, I had maybe read. that's the one I'm thinking of. The lost symbol. I think it's coming out as a series. I think that's the one that I'm thinking of. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Inferno is a movie, and it's good. And okay. I, recommend I will. It. I will seek out Inferno. And the lost symbol I read and was looking actually for a lost symbol in a movie form. And it was not in movie form. I found Inferno instead. And then lost symbol I had read at the time was being produced. So I don't, maybe it's out, but now that we've gone way off topic, uh, that's, that's it for this week in history. Okay. Unless we want to do as a bonus, February 29th. I was, I was going to say we should, because we, we yeah. won't hit that next week. Cause we're into March. No surprise here. There are not a ton of things that happened <laughs> February 29th. Any um, any notable celebrity birthdays maybe? Uh not here. Okay. Not listed here. All right. Um the one that I found kind of interesting. Well, first of all, um I don't know if you've ever watched Gone with the Wind, but Kevin has suffered through a little bit of it. Nope. Um February 29th, 1940, Hattie McDaniel became the first African American actress to win an Oscar. For her role as Mammy, uh, an enslaved woman in Gone with the Wind. And Very she was cool. Um, so you uh, had mentioned earlier in the episode that um, Kevin is unexpectedly better than you at word games. And we've finally Except... gotten you. We have finally gotten you onto this wordle train. Tell me about your your wordle craze. Okay. I may have been accused of being a bad wife. That might be the reason that this is happening. Kevin and I have been trying to find some things that we can do together. <sighs> Apparently, Wordle is what he wanted. This is the cross he was going to die on. So I was. it was very late one night. This is what we decided we were going to do. He'd already done it earlier in the day, and I was up for, I shit you not, a half hour at like 1230 in the morning <laughs> trying to figure, and I was so tired and I was like, this is so stupid. And then I, I got it and I was like, Oh, I get it. I get it. Um, so that's, it's just, honestly, it's a little thing that Kevin and I do and try to beat each other yeah. each day. Um, it sounds stupid, but it's a fun little competition. I'm just, I'm so glad that I'm not as bad at it as I thought I would be. Once you understand how to play the game, uh-huh. And like for today, did you do today's? You, we, we talked I about d- this. Yeah, I did do today's. Yeah, I don't know why I told you I won it in one. I won it in three. I have no idea why. It's, it it's weird that it, um, you know, showed up as one. Uh, but yeah. anyways, like if you can think about it 
and like apply some logic to mm-hmm. the letters you have and where you have them and where you don't have them, it's fairly easy. But ever since the New York Times launched their version of Wordle, um, by the way, the guy who invented this stupid little game made out with millions because the New York Times bought it. How do I get me one of those gigs? Anyways. Oh, sure. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Work on it, Rudy. Yeah, on it. that'll be my next project. Um, so next week, we'll have Brian Beto to talk some bulls. We'll talk about the prospects of them going forward in the Eastern Conference and where they might finish and what sort of playoff implications we might have as they get healthy uh, and hopefully make a run because who knows what's going on with the baseball season. We deserve some excitement here in Chicago. Uh, Until next time, I'm Brady. And I'm Kelsey. And we'll be back.